0: From their humble beginnings on a cattle station in the Kimberley of Western Australia, Ringers Western's inspiration comes from their roots. Ringers pride their brand on being tough, adaptable, sometimes cheeky, but always offers you class and loyalty. These principles, along with a high standard of design and quality, set Ringers Western way ahead of the mob. Personally, three quarters of my wardrobe is Ringers and the majority are their jackets. With winter coming soon, head to ringerswestern.com to check out the range and get yours today. And we're back with another episode of Reminisce with Jaden. Very fortunate today we've got Norm Hutton on, who's the CEO of Heart Kids, a a foundation that I'm an ambassador for and something that's really close to my heart. So thanks for coming on, Norm.
1: Absolute delight, mate. I think our real CEO would probably uh, (laughs) say he just elevated himself. But uh, no, it's uh, it's great and it's uh, a pleasure to be invited along and a pleasure to be able to have a chat to you uh, outside of our normal conversations.
0: Yeah, we catch up all the time discussing what we're going to do next with the foundation and how I can help. Uh, We met maybe six years ago. I um, obviously had my heart condition that I um, was made aware of when I was 18 at a draft camp through a basic ECG, and um, through that I was lucky enough to still get drafted, and you reached out almost immediately after I got drafted asking if I'd like to to come on as an ambassador with Heart Kids.
1: Yeah, and I think that what prompted that, mate, was – at the time, the narrative went from your football prowess to your health condition, uh, which was very unfortunate given that, um, you know, that was going to set up your your future and the way in which that was dealt with. And after speaking to your, your parents as well, um, it seemed to certainly me and Heart Kids that that constant sort of balancing between people wanting to focus on something that, is not what you're about. You're not about your heart condition and all that. You're about what your what your aspirations are in life. And with you, it was to be an AFL footballer. Um, and I'm so pleased that uh, in the end, uh, Collingwood were able to see past that and uh, and do the right thing. that, that uh, it, uh, it's hard for me to say that, being a die-in-the-wall Richmond supporter, <laughs> uh, but uh, um, I thought that was a credit to them. Uh, that they were able to give you that chance, that dream, if you like, to for, help you to live your dream. And hence it was very, uh, I think, uh, relevant that we reached out and said that we support what you're doing and how you've handled it.
0: Yes, yeah, certainly. And coming into the AFL, obviously you're there to play football. That's your main priority. It's your job. And um, something that's always interests me is is giving back to other people and making other people happy. I'm very fortunate in, in the position that I'm in. And um, as soon as you reached out, I think it was my play development manager, he goes, look, we've got this bloke Norm from Heart Kids, he's reached out and wanted you to come on and I jumped at the opportunity of getting to, to see kids smile and I remember back when I was a, a little kid and I didn't have heart conditions or I did, but I didn't know about it. Yeah. Just seeing an AFL player, spending a little bit of time with them, made my day, made my week and um, it's certainly special if they are having it a little bit harder than the rest of us.
1: I like you refer to me as that bloke Norm because I think think a lot of people say that. Um, I I can say to you, though, on that very first meeting, and I've repeated this to other people without your knowledge, um, not only were you talking about the kids, but you also spoke about the parents and the empathy you had about what they were going through. And I think that – and this is just me, um, my – uh, sort of, sort of view of it, is that because you found out at a reasonably late age, then you were able to see the impact that had on your parents. Certainly. Where, whereas most, you know, kids wouldn't have seen that. And having that empathy, what they went through when they got the news, but, you know, particularly given with your, your sister and and, and your mum, is that um, it was a a perspective that, not a lot of people have the way you had it, and uh, it sort of stood out to me the way that you showed immediate interest in how the parents were contending with with um, the chronic illness that had been diagnosed with their children.
0: Yeah, I actually haven't I haven't looked at it like that, but yeah, you're 100 percent right. I was old, old enough to understand and and um, see how other people how it made other people feel. I suppose we'll come back to heart kids, but it all started for you at Trans Australian Airlines.
1: Uh, yes, I, uh, I was at, uh, TAA, um, for those old enough to remember that airline, <laughs> uh, that morphed into Australian airlines, um, and then they were absorbed by Qantas. And, uh, for me, I had a great time because I was in marketing and traveled around the country and got able to cheap airfares overseas. So <laughs> it was a case of for most of those years, uh, you know, I put myself first Um, you know, I was enjoying everything I was doing. It was a great environment. And when Qantas came into the fray and said, well, if you want to stay in the game and have a a job that you want, you have to move to Sydney. And I said, I'm not moving to Sydney. And a mate of mine had just become CEO at St. John and he offered me, uh, Oh, convinced me to go there. And, uh, I only knew about St. John's walking around the boundary at the footy and uh, the first aiders, yep. um, didn't know much about them. And I thought, oh, why would I want to join them? But, uh, I did. And, um, it sort of opened my eyes up a bit, uh, about other people's, um, their needs and, and how I can make their lives a bit, a little bit better in whatever way. So it was, It was a great move for me.
0: So what role did you have at St John Ambulance?
1: Well, it was probably twofold. I came in as their marketing and business manager because their expertise was obviously on first aid and they wanted to commercialise it. Um, Particularly in the um, workplace area, was only just starting to become popular uh, about having legitimate rules and code of practices around workplace first aid. So- that was sort of what I was doing in my core job, but first aid instructors came under my umbrella as well. So I became an instructor to go through to see how they become an instructor, if, you, if that makes sense. And I did, and um, and Jody, who you know is yep. my wife, she was my assistant uh, in those ones, and we ended up um, teaching first aid two nights a week for seven years at uh, the Old Essendon Hospital, and I got to talk to so many people about why they were doing first aid, understood, you know, the circumstances around them, some of them because they'd lost people while they were there and they felt helpless other than, you know, some of them had sick kitties that they wanted to make sure that they could look after. And that provided me with a a real different sort of uh, um, insight as to, you know, I'm, I'm not there just for myself, but, um, you know, by teaching first aid as I was, hopefully it was making a difference in people's lives. So that that was, it sounds a bit, a bit sort of wanky, but, (laughs) but yeah, it did, it did um, change my thought process a fair bit away from Norm Hutton into other areas, which I didn't expect, uh, but I enjoyed every minute of it.
0: It's funny how we get to that point in our lives where I mean, we're all the same. We grow up in the first 18, 19 years. It's all about us. It's what am I doing? Where am I placed? All this sort of stuff. And I don't know, there seems to be a point in time for most people where it just clicks and you start thinking about those around you and thinking about how how your actions affect them. Um, and you obviously realised that at your time yeah, at St. John. And
1: I, I, it wasn't something that it was ever um, that I thought about. And it was only when I really started teaching people first aid and hearing their stories and thinking, geez, I've had a blessed life here. I've been travelling around the world anywhere <laughs> I wanted, everybody's healthy, playing footy, doing whatever I want. And all the while these, you know, so many people had these stories to tell that I was oblivious to. Um, and the more I heard them, the more I started to appreciate what I had. And um, And I think that changed, you know, my outlook.
0: Yeah, it's amazing, and you touched on your footy there. Yeah. You, uh, were you quite the footballer back in the day?
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, I, came, I I played with Braybrook, so they they had a great uh, history of of producing great footballers in in Dougie and Robert Greenerwagon and others. Um, I don't think I was in that category with <laughs> Teddy Whitten and, uh, but Georgie Bissett was one of my coaches. Yep, um, which was interesting. He was uh, uh, for a little bloke. He looked as though he was anything but a footballer. He could outrun anybody, and uh, his pre-season training was pretty tough. But uh, I enjoyed down there. Matthew Lloyd's um, late father, John Lloyd, was our coach down there to three premierships at, uh, at Braybrook. And uh, uh, so it was. It was a great club to be with at the time. Um, and the, the FDL was a bit rough. <laughs> yeah, I can uh, Les Twentyman, who you probably know of from the Twentieth Man um, uh, Foundation, uh, he was one of my nemesis. We we we. We became great friends, uh, but he belted me quite a few times uh, <laughs> playing for Albion. Uh, so it was, uh, it, was, it was good to think back on, uh, but uh, I survived it. I'll put it that way.
0: Yeah, it's amazing how times have changed. And I mean, I run out in the MCJ and I feel safe. I'm never going to get hit <laughs> sort of thing. But uh, um, I mean, my dad's told me stories where it used to just be pretty violent on the footy yeah, field.
1: It, it, well, look, I, I guess it was a case of um, people trying to flex their own muscle and make a reputation for themselves. And the football field was a an extension of uh, everything else. And that's where they wanted to do it. But uh, Brabant was a great club. FDL was a great competition. And um, uh, and they had yeah, a lot of characters around at the time <laughs> uh, to, to look at and learn from. So it was
0: good. No, that's great. We well, were saying before, obviously, Trans-Australian Airlines, mm-hmm. uh, St. John Ambulance, quite commercial. You're in the marketing yeah, side, yeah, I suppose. Yeah. You then move... To Variety, where it's a it's a not for profit.
1: Yeah, Variety, of the children's charity. When I went there, um, uh, again, the the, the I went there because a friend of mine was the CEO. <laughs> I seen to just sponge off people. But that's <laughs> that's all right. And uh, I went there because um, the organisation, I think, gave me the next extension of working more with kids. Um, which hearing the stories at St John about. The, the children, that you know, that's why they were doing first aid. The whole children element sort of resonated with me. And Variety was a great organisation. It was an event-based organisation, so it was a, a lot of fun, I suppose. Bur- burst around the bash, the, the famous, or some people might say infamous, um, uh, Variety Bash, which was uh, created by Dick Smith many, many years ago. It was an international charity too, so uh, I used to get to every year go uh, to their international conferences. Um, but it was good because you were able to be a bit more creative in trying to, um, come up with event ideas, uh, that were going to be a lot of fun and make money for the organization and extension help children. So that was, uh, that was very, very good fun.
0: Your mind does just go funny places when you're thinking about these events. I've had a, obviously six years of dealings with you, and um I think the funniest one was the uh you were trying to get the Marvel Stadium <laughs> superhero clash, and you yeah. you're wondering if I knew anyone. I was like, mate, I just fly on there. I've got no idea.
1: Yeah, I look, I I I, I try lots of angles. I know I had Melbourne, Melbourne Storm were going to. I thought, well, now Storm is an actual a uh, 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 superhero, and I thought, well right, well, we'll go to Melbourne Storm and uh, and we'll get them on board. And th- they just kept saying that, the, that she's a voluptuous <laughs> um, superhero. Uh, how are you going to make it work? And I said, well, don't it'll work, it'll work. i sort but, it out. <laughs> but then COVID intervened, so uh, it never got off the ground. But like a lot of things, um, I often say to uh, the staff, um, Amy, as you know, being one in particular, that I'll come up with all the silly ideas you you make them better ideas, then make them work and I'll take the credit for it. So, <laughs> yeah. uh, I think that's a reasonable thing. But uh I remember we're talking about um uh variety. One of the events we put together was the golf ashes and I say this because of your love of golf. Yep. So it was just the ashes were being held and we had a lot of personalities in, in Melbourne, so we thought, Oh well, we'll put together Australia versus England golf day out at Ainsbury, yeah out down at South Melton and um that was great, and one of the members of the Australian team was going to be Richie Benno. Oh, beautiful. And uh, so he was flying down from Sydney, so I uh, I volunteered to pick him up at the airport and drive him to a- 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 Ainsbury, uh, which, I, which I did. But a, a day or two before, I'm thinking, well, how can I make, you know, do some fundraising around Richie Benno, uh, given the fact he's such an icon? So his beige jackets came to mind. So I rang Channel 9 wardrobe department and said, was there any chance of donating a Richie Beno beige jacket? jacket and they said, yep. nope, he owns them all. He, <laughs> we don't have any. So I thought, oh, great. That's, so I got one of the uh, staff members to go out and do a few op shops and see if they could find a beige, a beige jacket and I'll get him to sign it and we'll we'll auction it off. So – she found one and I had it with me. And when I dropped him off at the, at the golf, I showed it to him and said, listen, Richie, any chance you're signing this? And he looked at it and looked at me and looked at it again, then opened the label and saw that it was a, a London based maker. Yeah. And he said, oh, this is all right. So he signed it. I thought, "Butte." So I thought that was the biggest chick I'd get. So it went to auction at, after the, after the golf day and, uh, I was outside talking to somebody. Staff keep coming and saying, oh, it's coming up now. It's opening bid $500. Now, it costs $10, okay? It cost $10, okay? <laughs> it cost $10 from St. Vincent's or Brotherhood or where it was. And they said, look, oh, it's opening bid $500. I said, oh, that's great. Then she'd come out. they are up to $1,000. Oh, that's great. $1,500. Fantastic. Two and a half. And I'm starting to wear a worry. Do they think he, it's, an actual, <laughs> yeah. it's actually his jacket? It's not. It's an off-shop jacket, which he signed. So it ended up going for just under $4,000.
0: Unbelievable. So
1: I had to go to the guy and, and fess up and say, mate, it hasn't been worn by Richie, um, but fortunately he said, ah, it's for the kids, it didn't matter. But So I went from thinking, oh, this is great, to thinking, oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. you know, I, I, we are got to get done for you know, fraudulently flogging off Richie Venno memorabilia. <laughs> yeah. So uh, you do run the fi- the, tread the fine line sometimes in your creativity. But that's all right.
0: And then we'll move from variety to heart kids. Obviously, Mm -hmm. that's how we have our connection. And so we've done some major work. We hold my lunch once a year.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: How did that thought uh, come into your head?
1: Well, having secured you as an ambassador, it was a case of how how are we going to use you?
0: (laughs) (laughs) I'm just (laughs) a little porn, you're moving around. That's exactly
1: right. How do we leverage (laughs) off off you? And um, like obviously – Playing for Collingwood, that was going to be well. How do we take full advantage of that? How about if we held a a lunch, Jaden's lunch for the kids, and uh, which uh, fortunately you agreed to. I think not really (laughs) knowing what that meant, and uh, we did the first two or three at the Westpac Centre. Yeah, the uh, Glasshouse, which which made it a lot uh, a lot easier for us. And you know, I think that they just sort of it was the right time at the right place. We had some great. Um, people to open it. Sally Cap, our Lord Mayor, opened I think the first one, um, which was which was great. And Eddie Maguire did one subsequent to that. And having some of the um, the uh, yes. entertainment was uh, a bonus. So it all sort of fell together, and then became one of those things in terms of heart kids. Anyway, um, that oh, we'll just stick to it until Jaden says nick off. Um, yep, yep. Don't break uh, something that isn't that's don't right. fix something that isn't and, broken. Uh, this year's and, and we went through the COVID years where we had to sort of do things a bit differently. And then this year doing the one at the old Melbourne jail uh, as a evening event rather than the lunch. Um well, yeah, I I think anyway it was a fantastic night. It was one of the ones that I enjoyed the most and when I you know usually you're running around worrying about if other people are enjoying them. So when I think I'm enjoying it. I pretty much think that's pretty good. And I guess you only do that for one reason, which is to raise some funds to help some kids. And I think it's up to around about three hundred thousand dollars now over the the course of the the lunches. So uh um it's it's a great uh, a great feather in your cap and something that I think that those that support it, Marketplace Fresh, Grimboss, etc., Biggins and Scott, um, you know, I can't thank them enough for getting behind. Your lunches, and I say yours. I keep <laughs> saying to people, we got to make them good because they got Jane's yeah. name written all over them. Uh, so they're they're uh, uh, great fun. I like putting them together.
0: Yeah, like you said, the sponsors, um, Big and Scott, Marketplace Fresh, uh, Grimboss Building Surveyors yeah, yeah. wouldn't be possible without them. They're amazing help, and they oh, they don't miss. Yeah,
1: they don't, and and they're all there for different different reasons. Um, you know, Marketplace Fresh, the like they just support. Harkage because they you know, gravitate to the to the cause as to Biggin and Scott and they've been doing it for God almost fifteen years and uh, Biggin and Scott and as you know with Anita and John um, you know they lost uh, a child a number of years ago uh, but they're the first to put their hands up in anything we do so they're a amazing bunch of supporters that you've got behind you
0: that's it. And they always, they put in the money initially as a sponsorship, but when those auction items come, like you said, the price just goes up and it's amazing how generous the people are that come to this lunch and help raise money to send these kids to teen camp or wherever it may be. But especially the Grim Boss, they always putting their hands up, they're bidding, they yeah. they buy everything.
1: They uh, yeah, they're incredible, and they have a an incredible generous network of, of of friends and family that they bring along who get, I think, you know, get swept up in it as well. Look, I've been the victim to uh, you know uh, charity <laughs> charity auctions and you know, end up with all these things I bring home. And Jay said, where'd that come from? I said, oh, I bought it at the auction line. <laughs> What we Just what we need, <laughs> another one of those. Yeah. But one of the things I did buy, I remember years ago, was uh, um, when I was at Variety, one of our ambassadors was Maureen Hafey, And she, through Tommy, got us a run on with the with the team for uh, to auction off. It's
0: a great auction item.
1: And I end up buying it for, <laughs> for my son, Luke, and when I got home and told Jodie how much I'd paid for and everything, <laughs> she said, "You know, you can you get out of it?" And I said, <laughs> "No, we can't." And right up, I think she complained about it right up until the day it happened. And then when we saw him run out with the Richmond football team, uh, it was worth every cent that I paid and a lot more. In fact, the day he did it, um, he had. Benny Cousins' number on his back. That was his, his, his and it, who couldn't play that day. So when we went into the rooms, um, uh, he was introduced as uh, the, as uh, Benny Cousins for the day. Yeah. So uh, it was it was great the way they looked after, and all the clubs like they're a credit the way they look after kids uh, nowadays. Or well, they look well after everyone, but the way they treat the kids and really make them feel so incredibly special. But, uh,
0: yeah, it's great. Every game we run out through that banner and there's always yeah. a kid or two there and yeah. um, how they get the opportunity, who knows, but they—they they, uh, it's something they'll remember for the rest of their lives. And, oh,
1: absolutely.
0: Um, it's a story to tell, I suppose. Yeah. Back to the lunch, the uh, the entertainment you always provide is unbelievable. You try and change it up. It can be hard. It can get stale if you're, you're doing the same sort of lunch every year. You've got to find ways to mm-hmm. mix it up and you've gotten some great people there. Mike Brady came and sang. We had uh, Marty Fields came and uh, Did his Comedian Act. He's done it a few times, actually. Yeah. The one in the old Melbourne Jail you were saying this year had roving magicians, you had uh, opera singers.
1: Yeah, we, look, uh, it's like anything, uh, I guess people go along, yes, for the cause, but when they bring, they convince sort of other people to come along, those other people might not be necessarily as connected to the cause as they are. So you've got to ensure that you don't, you know, embarrass people, I suppose you might say that might be not the right phrase, but to make sure that it's a quality event that they'll say, oh, put us down for next year. Yeah. And uh, if you can get to that point where people are saying, oh, you've got to go to Jane's mm-hmm. dinner, you know, whatever it's going to be, then um, you get that back because the experience they had was great, not just the cause and not just because of Jaden or anything else, it's because the experience was so good. And, you know, like even this year, having the opera singers, um, and I'm not into opera, but have them sing at the old Melbourne jail unexpectedly, and they did the Phantom of the Opera and a couple of others, was really such a showstopper to me and I thought, oh, we've pulled the right lever on that one. Oh, so, for
0: sure. And I'm, yeah. I'm similar as you. I've never been interested in opera music, but yeah. the feeling of the dark old Melbourne jail and yeah. these two singers that were just amazing, had most amazing voices, um, was certainly something I'll remember and cherish yep. for the rest of my days. That's for sure.
1: And we're very lucky, uh, uh, you know, having, you mentioned at the start of being an ambassador for Heart Kids and we've got some amazing ambassadors in terms of Grantley who emceed your last one so well. And, uh, um, and the likes of that, which is, and David Strassman, yep. uh, international ventriloquist and uh, who, uh, who comes out here so often and, uh, him and Teddy Bear and they're- I was
0: fortunate enough to go to his show and he's amazing how he does all those voices. Oh, oh.
1: I don't know either. He, uh, he he's, and he's a, he's a genuine, um, passionate guy about, about Heart Kids. And, uh, even though he might be based in LA, he's always quick to- yeah, you know, so I'll do a video for you or have happened to be, and uh, uh, it's it's fantastic to be able to have those people. In fact, uh, Haley Rasso, um, who's with the Matildas at the moment, yep. is an ambassador for Heart Kids. So uh, um, you're in good company, or maybe <laughs> maybe they're in good company. Yeah. Is that, that better?
0: Yeah, we all are obviously <laughs> under your under your company.
1: Oh, don't, no, don't say that.
0: You talked about David Strassman. We'll probably give him a little bit of a shout out now, but in COVID times, yeah obviously it's hard to interact with the kids when mm. you, there is no interaction in, yeah. in Melbourne, I suppose. You were able to set up David and David was good enough to give his time all, once a week to...
1: Yeah, look, we were we were so incredibly fortunate, as you say, during those COVID years um, where we weren't able to engage with, with families and that personal engagement really is quite critical in a lot of the things that we do. Um, there were two things that ran in parallel, one which was that Guyton was able to. I asked Guyton if the cast of Harry Potter at the mo, at the time that we're playing at the Princess Theatre would do a few things for us in terms of reading some stuff, and he said, "Yeah, no worries at all." Uh, and then I asked David if he would do a something for us, and he immediately said, "We'll do." And with with the Harry Potter cast, they end up reading every night every book of Harry Potter. Uh, It went for seven months, Um, and uh, and whilst that was happening on Saturday afternoons, um, David would 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 um, uh, come in on Facebook from LA to do a show with him and Teddy Bear. So uh, and and um, it was we were so um, incredibly fortunate that they put their hands up and it kept that uh, that connection for our families with families and families with heart kids. And through a time when people were doing it tough and, you know, they they, they were looking for how they were going to, you know, engage. And um, so that was one of the – I think one of the great credits to our ambassador community, the way in which they pulled together to help us through that uh, fairly tough time.
0: Yeah, and that's it. There's great people giving their time mm-hmm. and it, it certainly helps helps put a smile on the kids' faces when they may be in hospital – it's hard with COVID, all that well, sort of stuff. It,
1: it's it was funny because one of our our families that used to come in on the, uh, in particular the Harry Potter ones, we're down in Geelong, and it's Fiona and her daughter Alaska. So every night, and, and I'd tune in and it'd say, and whoever was reading, say, oh, who's listening and who's tuned in, and it'd be say, oh, it's it's Fiona from, um, uh, it's Fiona Fiona here from Geelong. And then next one would be, uh, and I'm here from, uh, and also Alaska. And they say, <laughs> oh, we've got somebody from Alaska. And, <laughs> and, and and you'd almost wait for it because the new reader would say, oh, we've got somebody from Alaska. Because it, she'd put something like, it's a high from Alaska. Yeah, yeah. And I said, oh, we've got somebody from Alaska. And I said, no, we're from Geelong. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, so it was, it was one of those little sort of running jokes, more for us, because <laughs> we were expecting it. So it was I
0: was saying yesterday, the um, we're very fortunate. Obviously, me as an AFL footballer, David, to have his talent as a ventriloquist, uh, the Harry Potter cast, their ability to mm. to perform in in Broadway shows. Very fortunate, and something that not everyone can do. So, for instance, in the AFL, there's 850 players on a list, and yeah. um, we we're very lucky to be there. We have talent. We we work hard. That sort of stuff. But it's limited to 850. To be a good person, and you're, you've named a lot of good people here. It it doesn't take a talent to be a good person. And although there's only 850 opportunities to be an AFL footballer, there's 25 million opportunities in Australia to be a good person. So, um, yeah, I think certainly the more good people we can have, and obviously with your time in Harkids, you would have seen thousands of good people come through.
1: Look, it's people when they're asked and when they understand why they're being asked, um, generally speaking, you'll get support, right? Uh, it's interesting, the people who put their hand up quickest with heart kids are the are the families of heart kids. Yeah. Um and there's a case there is a bit of giving back, but I think because they've lived that you know, they've walked that walk, they know helping is so important. Whether whether it's just helping by participation, whether it's helping by volunteering, whatever it happened to be. Um so it's we're very lucky, I think, in Australia, because we have a a close-knit community wherever you are right we we had at uh, David Strassman, we spoke about him before did a, a breakfast for us late last year, and we were able to bring down some hard kid families from Rochester that okay. were devastated through the floods and they, they, and they still don't many of them still don't live in their homes, and they came down from Rochester to attend. David's Breakfast as, as our guest. In fact, um, I don't think your uh, your listeners will mind you. I think you sponsored those, so you yeah. might remember. Yeah. Um, they came down and they bought auction items, they bought raffle tickets and they were amazing uh, because they'd seen that, um, you know, people were reaching out for them and they want to pay back. So we're very, very lucky, I think, in Australia by, by and large, but Hard Kids is exceptionally lucky.
0: Yeah, we certainly are. Mm. With Heart Kids, you obviously run different events. Two feet in a heartbeat, teen camp, uh, superhero day. Mm-hmm. Are they all your your brainchild?
1: <laughs> I wish. <laughs> no, no, we uh, Super Boss Day or Hero for Heart Kids as it is now that started in Victoria a few years ago. Um, infamously you tried to smash a cake <laughs> yeah. at one stage uh, to help us launch it. And uh, as a big brawny AFL footballer, we weren't able to break the cake.
0: Oh, it was solid uh, yeah, chocolate, okay, I reckon. It was it Solid was, chocolate, yeah, okay. You right. should have made it hollow. Yeah,
1: <laughs> <laughs> I think we did. But anyway, we won't <laughs> go down that path. So that started started here and now and morphed into a national campaign. The Two Feet um, uh, and a Heartbeat, which comes up this October, uh, was sort of the brainchild out of uh, Queensland. Um, and again, went, has gone national. And, and Sweetheart Day, which is in... February, it came out of New South Wales. So I think that it's been a bit of a uh, team effort to come up with things that can, you know, resonate in a broader sense. And um, and now that we are indeed a national organisation, having those national campaigns and not just confined to, you know, a a locality where it was conceived, so to speak, it was, uh, has been a great advantage for us.
0: And a great initiative of Heart Kids is Teen Camp. I was fortunate to to go down and and spend a day with the kids. They're out there; they're doing archery. Mm. Um, There was lots of different activities. Hanging out with the animals. Um, What what came up with?
1: Look, with with Teen Camp, um, we we've had a number of things. One of which is Tween Camp, uh, which is when they get a bit old and try to 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 encourage the. Parents to let go a little bit, uh, because as you can appreciate, a lot of the parents, you know, really hold their naturally hold their heart kid very very close to them. So we provide an environment where it's a bit of respite for the parent and as much as an experience for the child. And then with teen camps, when they start to look for other um, other kids that have got you know similar stories to tell, they gravitate together and teen camp is a great environment to not only give them something that they might not necessarily be able to engage in, in the normal, uh, sphere of their life, but also it provides connections, um, and they connect with other kids in other, other states. They realize that they're not alone in terms of their conditions, which is incredibly important to their mental health and coping, um, and in fact, uh, in September, there's a national team camp because we, we're we at the moment doing a national or helping with a national action plan and standards of care across the across the board, which is vitally important. And, and Heart Kids is playing a pivotal role in that with working with the federal government in having what a lot of people took for granted, that there were some standards of care which didn't exist, but will exist soon.
0: I had uh, Matt Runnels on the podcast uh, a couple of weeks ago and he spoke about that feeling of connection and, and yeah. belonging and certainly Teen Camp allows these yeah. kids that um, have grown up with heart conditions that that platform to uh, feel a sense of belonging connection. So it's amazing. Are there any things on the agenda for heart kids at the moment, any big new ideas you've got? <laughs> What's coming up?
1: I think a lot of our ideas at the moment, are, are because we had COVID, where we, we we couldn't do a lot. There was probably a few things came out of that. One was to get back to what we were doing to make sure that, you know, some of the relations that we we hadn't and that may have sort of been on, you know, on pause for a while, were, were, uh, been rekindled. But we're also looking at a number of new initiatives, with whether that's within the Indigenous community and other cultural activities that um, uh, or, or environments that enable us to have a, a broader reach and ensure that um doesn't matter who you are where you are you get the same amount of service the same um, support that anybody has got traditionally uh and also you know we live in a virtual world now and uh, you know we, we we didn't do that a few years ago so it's also about transitioning a lot of our support so that, that it's accessible virtually and not just in terms of having to to you know meet us or meet with us or whatever happened to be
0: I suppose it's a good time too for for anyone out there listening. If you've listened to this chat and heart kids or people with heart conditions is something that that touches you or is close to your heart then um certainly head online check out heart kids if there's any way you can you can help donate give your time anything um it'd be really greatly appreciated obviously norm and his team especially amy who I've a lot of dealings with they they're amazing they're always in the hospital they're setting things up the time they spend on the road is just amazing and it's certainly something close to my heart too so if you can in any way help um I'll put a link in but um yeah if you can help to heart kids like I just touched on the work you do Norm is amazing and you're the one of the most positive upbeat people I've ever met. I was reading your CV and it says highly successful relationship builder and that couldn't be, be any more accurate. You're just a, just a lovely man. And, um, you give so much of your time to this charity. Um, but in recent times you've had it a little bit tougher than, than you may have thought.
1: Uh, yes. Yeah. Um, a few years ago, uh, um in fact it was just after I think one of your lunches a couple of weeks later, I uh, went in just for a routine you know checkup and they they found that I had a cancer in the stomach and they took me in for a major surgery and a number of months on chemo and radiotherapy and then uh, then a bit of a pause for 12 months and then back onto it but uh, that just helped you know reinforce, the fact that, you know, even though I'm doing it tough, I remember saying to my kids that they were taking turns in taking me in and out of Peter Mac, um, even days when you sort of start to feel a bit, you know, sorry for yourself and all the rest of you, you know, why did, why is this and that? and you look across and you, there's a 10-year-old little kid in a wheelchair about to go in for radiotherapy and suddenly, you know, I think, ah, what am I complaining about? Um, but, uh, look, I, I've it, it has... Enabled me to, I think, do a lot more than I maybe planned to do, um, both personally and professionally with heart kids. Um, I remember writing for my uh, my kids or my family, my broader family, a whole um, about four pages or five pages about um, confronting challenges, and uh, and I did it because. I think that a lot of times we focus on the negative and not the positives and, and COVID educated me towards that. You know, we spent, I think most of us spent a couple of years thinking, ah, oh, this is, I hate this. It's, you know, I can't do that. I can't do this and I can't do that. And we didn't celebrate the things that we could have been celebrating. And now, in, in my instance, some uh, some of those examples were communions, engagements, births of, of um, you know, new kids into the family or what have happened to be. Um, and those things were being overlooked because people was, you know, thinking, oh, you know, this is happening, even celebrating Richmond premiership. <laughs> <laughs> um, so again, it's uh, and I know it's a, a word I've used a few times, but perspective means a lot, and um, and it it sort of you know I my kids have been amazing. The hardest thing in dealing with my challenge was the people around me. Um, you know, and I, I remember saying to, um, a couple of the people at work when I was telling them, we spend, you know, most of our lives avoiding using the word cancer. So when you, when, when it comes to you, you know, you've got to educate yourself, then oh, well, it's just another word. Um, and, uh, in the end of March this year, I did an absale event, uh, off, uh, off a city building, uh, as for Heart Kids, yep. which, uh, my kids were dead against. Uh, you invited I, me to that, but there was no, no way yeah, I was up. I'm I, scared I, of heights. Yes, yeah, so. Yeah, yeah, so I, I I remember that from an <laughs> I fly experience. Because uh, I one of the side effects is you lose feeling. Um, well, in, in in my feet. So when you're going to abseil and you're supposed to bounce around off, of me, not having a feeling in your feet is not quite the best in, best thing to have. But again, yeah, you, know, you sort of think, ah, oh, well, you just move on with things and. And do what you can, and um, I've been lucky because I've got such a supportive family, including my work family, Uh, they've been amazing, and uh, I wouldn't be able to continue to do what I do without their support. uh, you know, I get, I get henpecked at home. <laughs> Can you say henpecked nowadays? You probably can't. Oh, I've never actually <laughs> even heard it. <laughs> oh, have you? Okay. Well, I get, I get badgered at home. <laughs> yeah. And then for a while I got badgered at work too, but that was that was all good fun because um, they just made sure that I wasn't biting off too much that I could chew.
0: And like I said before, I had a really high opinion of you and your character, I suppose. And um, when I was made aware that, that you had this cancer, um, obviously I've seen – What chemo can do? People can be really lethargic, I suppose, after it can have all these side effects. You're going in, you're having chemo on the Wednesday, and you rock up Thursday morning with a smile on your face, here to help the kids. It's just unbelievable, and I think um, you went from having a really high, you went, I had a really high opinion of you to someone who was was quite inspirational and. Um, it's amazing how you just front up with that smile on your face, and uh, you never waver. So it's a it's a credit to you.
1: Uh, look, I, I I appreciate that. It's um look, there are times when you sort of think, you know, oh, I just want to have a time out for a while. And recently, I've I've sort of pulled back a little bit from heart kids, um, more out of necessity for in terms of uh, um, energy levels rather than. Uh, anything else, Uh, but it's all been good. And there's been a few things. I think one of the stories about uh, having, uh, going through the treatment, and that was many years ago when I was going back to the Variety Days, um, I started an idea about having an emergency services memorial, a combined one, which there wasn't one, and this came out of the Black Saturday bushfires. And um, after talking to numerous ministers, uh, numerous commissioners of emergency services, uh, finally, after 12 years of persistence, um, they opened it last year on the 14th of September, which was the first day of my second round of major treatment and I couldn't go. So after 12 years, finally, <laughs> they were opening something that had been such, I was so passionate about and I, I couldn't be there for the opening, but, uh, my kids attended and I was able to write to them what it meant to them to be part of that because uh, it was so, in, in in many ways, me not being there did me a bit of a favour because it made them a little bit more aware of them representing me at that particular opening of the memorial.
0: Yeah, and like you said, 12 years of, of hard work and, and persistence to get it done, Yeah, um, that's one of your, your major traits, you're very persistent, <laughs> very, very hardworking and, and nothing... There's no bigger thing to ask. And I think that's why you've probably made such a successful career in the, in the not for profit work. And
1: look, I, um, yeah, you know, I'll finish, you know, i we're we finishing up soon. I reckon, <laughs> well, yeah. I, well, I, I'll reckon. i just finish on this note. uh, Heart Kids is an amazing organization, not just because of the work it does, which is phenomenal. Um, and I say that if you like at arm's length from, from Heart Kids without my hat on, but in all the organisations I've been to, none of them have the relationships with the people that they've supported like Heart Kids does. When they talk about the Heart Kids family, they really do mean the Heart Kids family. Um, so, if anybody wants to be part of the Heart Kids family, <laughs> just you know get onto heartkids.org.au and become it because uh, it's a it's a great organisation You get a, a lot of uh, a lot more comes back than uh, than you people realise.
0: Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And yeah. um, like I said earlier, jump on and help wherever you can. Yeah. I've got a question. Are you up, up to your times with uh, with the music? You're a big music <laughs> man or not? Because I've got uh, a question uh, to ask. no. <laughs> I ask all my guests on. Yeah. Um, so you're having your next birthday party. So for you, maybe your 40th, we'll say.
1: Okay, we'll say that. <laughs>
0: we'll say your 40th and you'll have to get two acts. So two singers or musicians to come and play at your birthday party. Mm. You've got like a seven till ten slot just to start the party, and then something to finish it. Who are you choosing?
1: Does it matter if they are they? Does it matter if they're alive or dead? They can be deceased. Okay, well that's all right. Well, um, Kenny Rogers.
0: Kenny Rogers, yep.
1: To, for him to be the later one, because I think you we know, you want some of that mood music and the gambling. You know, you yeah, want like people. to the county. Yeah, yeah, that's right. You want a <laughs> few few and a few people before they do that. In terms of opening the uh, the evening. Um, I'll go down Billy Joel. I, uh, I love Billy Joel. I w- was able to go to the concert this year, which was great. I don't think Jody could have got a, a, a seat further from the stage. <laughs> um, but, uh, nonetheless, it was a great experience. So Billy Joel to, to get people up and up and going, get a bit of an ad- adrenaline flow. Kenny Rogers to, uh, get that mood happening later in the night.
0: No, that's a very good lineup. And I hope my name's on the, the invitation list. Um, <laughs> Thanks again for coming on, Norm. Like I've said multiple times, you're just an amazing man. You're very inspiring. Um, to meet you six years ago, I- I've learned so much and to continue our connection and our relationship um, is something that I really want to do. And uh, your continual work of Heart Kids is, is just amazing. And I think you should be very proud of yourself and people probably don't tell you enough, but um, yeah, you're, you're an amazing man and I couldn't speak any highly of you.
1: Thank you very much, Jaden. You're a you're a credit to yourself, your family, and uh, heart Kids is uh, incredibly fortunate to have you on board. Thank you.
0: No, beautiful. Obviously, today's episode wouldn't be wouldn't be possible without the sponsors. Uh, so, thank you to Ringers Western. Um, I'd get Norm in one, but he just seems to wear his Heart Kids stuff everywhere. So, uh, might save that for another time. But if you haven't already, head on to ringerswestern.com. Check out their range of clothes, especially, and um, they've also got drink bottles, coolers. All the, all the stuff, so jump on there and check that out. Thank you to Brayden and Roland Media. It's a great space we've got here. Um, he's, he's got a, uh, a new project in the works, so we might not might have not been in the van for all that that much longer, but um, it's a great spot you have, and thank you for all the work you do behind the scenes. To everyone back at home, if you haven't already, head to our socials, YouTube, Apple Music, Spotify, um, Instagram, Spot, um, TikTok, all that sort of stuff, and, and help us out. Um, like I said before, I'm not great on the social stuff, but... If you at home know what to do, go and do it. Um, And until next time, we'll see you then.